Russia has banned diesel exports overnight, which is adding to inflation pressure from crude oil prices over 90 US dollars a barrel. The Bank of England surprised by holding rates that drove the pound down. New Zealand GDP growth was unexpectedly strong, and markets are on alert today for a rates decision from the Bank of Japan and possible yen intervention talk in Tokyo. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then we take a closer look at the big Fed decision this week and what it says about a soft landing for the world's biggest economy. As time has gone on, growth has looked reasonably resilient in the face of quite a steep tightening. So to some extent, I think the Goldilocks scenario seems to be playing out better than most people had expected. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, Russia announced overnight it had banned exports of diesel and petrol, which forced diesel prices in Europe to rise 5% to well over $1,000 a tonne. Brent crude prices reversed their earlier losses, rising 1% to $94 a barrel. Number two, the Bank of England surprised about half the market last night by deciding to leave its key policy rate unchanged at 5.25%. The vote on the policymaking committee was 5 to 4 in favour of holding. The four voted for a hike. This was the first pause for the Bank of England after 14 consecutive rate rises. This came after an unexpected fall in inflation to 6.7% earlier in the week. That meant the pound fell to a six-month low after the decision. Number three, currency markets will be on high alert today for any more talk of intervention by Japanese authorities to stop the yen from falling anymore. It slid through 148 to the dollar yesterday after the Fed's hawkish hold. And there'll be an opportunity for plenty of jawboning from the Bank of Japan when it releases its latest monetary policy decision this afternoon. ANZ's head of FX research, Marja Benzaman, sees little chance of the BOJ dropping its very loose negative interest rate policy. But it is getting closer to a tweak in its Yield Curve Control Program, or YCC. That's where the Bank of Japan is still doing quantitative easing and buying government bonds to hold long yields down below 1%. The 10-year bond yield, we think the fair value kind of lies around that 1% mark. Likely if, let's say, the next step, if they do abandon YCC in the coming weeks and months, um, you know, probably that's going to see the yield, 10-year JGB yields move towards the 1% mark. But then again, the YCC has been tweaked twice already, and we have not seen any meaningful impact to dollar yen on the back of that, right? So it, it, it strengthens just for the day itself, but then resumes its weakening trend thereafter the last two occasions that the YCC was tweaked. Number four, New Zealand's GDP grew 0.9% in the June quarter. That was almost double market expectations, and thanks in large part to record high net migration. There was also a revision to the March quarter to growth of 0.0% from a fall of 0.1%. Now, that meant the technical recession that was recorded, December and March quarters were both negative, and that's two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So, actually, there wasn't a recession. ANZ's New Zealand senior economist, Miles Workman, says the stronger-than-expected numbers will give the RBNZ some food for more hawkish thoughts when it next decides on the official cash rate the week after next. He thinks, though, a hike will eventually have to come, but not until the next full monetary policy statement, and that's the last one for the year, and that's on November the 29th. 
Ultimately, I don't think today's data are a game changer for the October monetary policy review in terms of the decision. I think what we'll see is the October review will certainly have a hawkish tilt to it in terms of uh, the discussions. So that will be the statement and both the summary record of meeting as well. I think that will be the Reserve Bank's signal signaling device in terms of acknowledging both the stronger GDP data, but also upwards momentum that we're seeing in the housing market at the moment. Uh, but I don't think, it, uh, you know, in terms of the next move by the Reserve Bank, we continue to pencil in a hike uh, for November because by then you would have the Q3 CPI data and the labour market data as well. Number five, central banks in Indonesia and the Philippines held their policy rates last night, but ANZ economist Debalika Saka says the Banco Central Filipinas, the BSP, has adopted a more hawkish tone. It held its key overnight rate at 6.25%, but the governor there, Ali Remalona, flagged the possibility of a November rate hike, depending on what happens with inflation. ANZ's baseline forecast is for a prolonged rate pause, but Debalika says that'll depend on the extent of any food supply shocks, especially now that a strong El Nino has just started. And now on our bonus deep dive interview to finish the week, we hear from ANZ's senior international economist, Tom Kenny, about the biggest event in the global economy this week, the Fed's hawkish hold, in which it upgraded its growth forecasts and signaled interest rates would have to remain higher for longer than it previously projected. It really underscores the view from the Fed that they think that they're going to achieve this inflation reduction with a, uh, a moderate soft landing, so to speak. So typically speaking, when we've had inflation uh, so elevated and the Fed has had to use um, interest rate policy, it's usually more often than not ground the economy into the ground. The Fed's dot plot, at least, suggested that interest rates would stay higher than previously dot plotted and that there would only be a couple of cuts in 2024, uh, a couple less than previously dot plotted. What did you think of their Fed funds rate dot plot? We foreshadowed that with the view that um, growth has been a little bit more resilient uh, than the Fed has expected. And, you know, as we saw the, the growth forecast revised up, I think in that sense, they uh, removed 50 basis points of cuts in 24. So, and they have been giving this um, message for a little while that the more resilient growth is the longer that the, the Fed rate will have to stay higher. So, and they also maintained their expectation of one more 25 basis point hike this year. But Powell did reiterate that, um, you know, that it was highly data dependent. Uh, he did seem to express his pleasure with the recent run of inflation or at least core inflation employment data. Uh, and that to us, I guess, suggested that if the data to continue to play out like that, that the, the Fed has done our view for now is that um, the Fed has actually reached its terminal rate and we aren't forecasting any more um, rate hikes from the Fed. In terms of the market, the market has, I think, maybe two and a half, 25 basis points cuts for, for next year, which is not too, too different um, from the Fed and which is pretty much in line with our expectation. So I think that um, by mid next year, we should really start to see inflation well on the way back to 2%. And I think it won't be at 2%, but we're confident that its trajectory will be going back to 2%. And thus, we think that um, as inflation does drift down, the real rate's going to start becoming more restrictive. So our expectation is that, you know, 
the Fed can start cutting nominal rates gradually, and that will only really keep the, the real Fed policy rate um, unchanged. So policies will still be restrictive over that period of time. And bond markets and equity markets are taking the view that a soft landing is possible. How much hot air, if you like, is, is in those valuations that could be expelled or sucked out if there is a, a less friendly development for the for the Fed's fund funds rate. We're see, starting to see some encouraging things on the supply side in the labour market, um, where the participation rate has gone up. And as time has gone on, growth has looked reasonably resilient in the face of quite a steep tightening. So, to some extent, I think the Goldilocks scenario seems to be playing out better than most people had expected. That being said, I guess there's still a lot of uncertainty ahead. We have a a government shutdown looming. We have the United uh, Order Workers Strike. Uh, We could potentially have more strikes in the sense that, you know, like uh, I think this uh, high inflation has really eroded a lot of people's real wages and uh, workers will be wanting to be compensated for the fact that their, their real wages have been eroded. Tom Kenny there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Friday, September the 22nd. Catch you on Monday when we'll have Maddie Dunk showing us which of Australia's states is doing better than the others. Spoiler alert, South Australia is doing well. Tasmania, not so much. Look out for a lot more detail on Monday. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.